23rd of September 2016, and this is our 13th episode of the Soybean Pest Podcast. Is it our lucky podcast? We're going to make it lucky. <laughs> okay. Let's get lucky. <laughs> we have so much to talk about. It's been a few weeks. Yeah. <sighs> All right, pause, and yep. we move on. Yep, move on. okay, we're moving on. This every other week thing is probably going to work now that we're getting into the slow time. Yeah, I hope we can do it every other week. Man, uh, we're, we're harvesting like mad right now in between rain events. We just if you're not, if you're not underwater, yeah. yeah, I think people are out there moving. We got five inches, I think, last night in Story County in Ames. Yeah. How's your basement? Uh, it's, uh, it's damp. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. It's a little bit damp. but um, We've got some standing water in our uh, oh. uh, backyard. But in so your, far, in your backyard? Yeah, it's like... It's like it looks like a pool, but not. It has. But been. so far, our basement's okay. Oh, good luck. Yeah, but uh, to the north of us, you know, they got eight inches, yeah. and in an evening, eight, an inch an hour. So what, what I, I heard see. people talking about is, of course, it makes harvesting very difficult, but mm-hmm. um, it also increases the rate of the fungal pathogens in, in grain right mm-hmm. now, and so yeah. that's uh, going to become a real issue too, is it grain quality? So that's not good. Yeah, it's bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can we do? What can uh, we do? We just got to keep on keeping on. Yeah. There's and, a few things happening, right, though, for us coming uh, up? Yeah. We're going to the International Congress of Entomology. It'll be my first ICE meeting. How about you? Um, yeah. My first, too. Okay. Oh, first yes. Yeah. Um, In Orlando. For about a week. You going for the whole thing? Or you? Well, I'm leaving Thursday, uh, okay. so I'll be there for about five days. I'm leaving Wednesday, mm-hmm. so I get on Saturday, coming back Wednesday, and yeah. the meeting goes until... Um, it's a really long next, meeting. Yeah, next Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Any talks that you're interested in seeing? Anything going on that... There seems to be quite a bit about uh, resistance management, whether it's through insecticides, host plant resistance, uh, transgenics. There seems to be a lot of topics on that, so I'll probably try and hit those. It just seems to be a good topic or a hot topic in, in Iowa as well when it comes to insects, weeds, all that kind of stuff. So I just want to be more knowledgeable on resistance, pest resistance. Yeah. I'm uh, speaking at a symposium on the rapid evolution within agricultural settings. Okay. So insects that devolve rapidly to things like oh. insecticides mm-hmm. and um, insect-resistant plants. So I, I'll, I'll come back and report on what I learned there. That should be uh, kind of interesting. There'll be a bunch of different systems. It won't just be corn and soybeans, but mm-hmm. uh, it should be interesting to see, you know, on the extreme end what insects are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, a lot of talks about honeybees and pollinator oh, yeah. health and things related to, um, yeah, just the ongoing research um, related to bees. I should say, I should say bees because most of it's bees, but other pollinators are included mm-hmm. in this. We are taking a few students with us, like always, and we've been prepping, prepping and polishing their presentation. So hopefully they feel ready to go. Sure, it's stressful. Yeah, they do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So ice. That's next week, and then we come back. Um, Anything else going on? You got any other gigs going on soon? Man, it's it's actually a uh, it's a good time for me to be in the office now for October. I don't have any gigs and you know the winter extension season kind of starts up right before thanksgiving and then it goes through the next couple months but october is kind of i don't want to say a downtime but Mm -hmm. a non-travel time for me 
And then November, December, you got winter meetings. Yeah. So you're preparing your talks for that, right? Yeah, I think, are we both going to be presenting at ICM, Integrated Crop Management Conference? I think it's fair to say that we'll both be there. The one thing I'm wondering about is what topic you're going to talk about. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to tell the people? Well, I I think after a conversation with you and a few other people, um, I wanted to just share a bit more information about developing a plan for managing soybean aphid. Now that we, I think our last podcast, we dedicated some time talking about potential pyrethroid resistance uh, with a couple different products here in Iowa and, and surrounding states too. And so that is that changes everything, I think, how we think about managing soybean aphids. So talk about the tools we, you know, we once had maybe some emerging tools and, and some of that you're working on uh, with, with the biocontrol and when we're working on host plant resistance and maybe a, a resistance management plan for the insecticides that we do have available. So a lot to talk about. Yeah, I, I think that's what I, I think that's what I, I just more like a, this is what we've seen. This is what I, I'm going to offer is maybe a more sustainable option for long term. How about you? Um, at the ISM conference, I'm going to talk about um, the ongoing issues related to uh, pollinator, mostly bee health mm-hmm. and how that af- might affect corn and soybean farmers. So I don't know if we talked about this last time on the podcast, uh, but back at the end of um, August, the governor of Minnesota, Mark Dayton, issued an executive order that would seek to limit the use of neonicotinoid insecticides. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that and talk about what we know about the bees in corn and soybean fields and what uh, we know about their status, sort of their health and um, well-being, and then maybe tie that into these kind of ongoing uh, efforts by some to improve bee populations. And the, the work out of Minnesota, or at least the, the move by the governor, is to reduce the unnecessary use of neonicotinoids and as limit seed treatments or as, well as or seed just, treatments but but just in general in general yeah and um and look to inf- so there were a couple bulleted points that came up in the summaries of these the um michigan or no, i'm sorry not michigan minnesota public radio noted that um in the call one thing would be to require farmers to demonstrate a need for pest control before using a neonicotinoid insecticide. Uh, And that echoes some of what's been going on in EPA with some label language change Mm -hmm. that's gone on for foliar applications of neonicotinoids, not seed treatments. And then the other thing to uh, within Dayton's call is an increased inspection and enforcement within the state of Minnesota so that they can confirm that users are following the labels and the restrictions associated with the efforts to protect bees. So I'll talk a little bit about that and, and why that's coming up now and um, maybe what might be down the road for Iowa farmers. Because when you're talking about maybe potentially limiting neonics as a, as a group, that is sounds awfully like what they've been doing in Canada, right? I mean, you have to kind of 
right a justification or a need on why you'd want to use those products and you know just even if you're selling yeah. or using you kind of have to demonstrate some sort of training yeah. now that that goes on to, to be able to use those products yeah i think i think they're in, in a similar the similar mm-hmm. direction okay. um but the regulatory infrastructure in canada is different than yeah. the u.s and um and there's you know, you know there's a bunch of issues here one is you know what are states and federal regulators trying to do and then the other question is well what what else besides insecticides is affecting bees and even if you did restrict or cancel the use of some insecticides would it have an impact and and yeah. there's other um, sources of stress that bees are uh, experiencing beyond insecticide use and so I was going to try to talk about that at the ICM conference and mm-hmm. Uh, again, tied to some of the work that we've been doing here in Iowa. Yeah, because one thing just to think about, and maybe I'm sure you've thought about it too, is if you take away neonics as a as a group, would they just simply replace with another group? You know, right. you talked about other yeah. stresses, but I mean, they, they could still do a replacement strategy, right? right? I mean, at this point, so that may not necessarily allevi- alleviate anything. And then, the one thing that our work has been showing is that in the late summer, early fall. There's a real lack of forage for honeybees. They're so hungry. Likely for other bees as well. Yeah, and um, again, ignoring the insecticide issue, or if you you know completely banned insecticides, you'd still have this period where right there may you know, there may not be a lot for them to forage on. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a problem with a lot of uh, facets, and you, I think you can't just address one if you're trying to solve it so 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 icm conference is a an event a two-day event here in ames that normally sells out oh really and so um when when the registration is open which should be coming up in i think about three weeks i'll make sure to um let you guys know with the registration you post the program and and the dates yep just so you know if you really want to see matt or myself or Or i mean there's usually about 35 40 talks at icm that you'd be able to kind of see the names and the topics and get signed up if you're interested so i'll make sure to post that great thank Mm -hmm. you yeah um and then i guess the other thing we should note that we didn't talk about since our last um uh podcast some big news in the industry Big news. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too love. Too love. Companies are people. People fall in love. That's what I'm saying. They're people. Yeah, they are people. And a couple of the big dogs, at least in our world, mm-hmm. got married. Well, they're... I mean, they're, they're thinking about getting married, right? Yeah. yeah. Engaged? They're engaged. It's yeah. a good way to put it. There yeah. was a... A ring was exchanged. <laughs> somebody called up somebody else and said, hey, I like you. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, Bayer Crop Science out of Germany has uh, indicated they would like to purchase Monsanto. Yeah. And that's, is that fair to say? That's kind of a big deal. Uh, that's a real big deal. And that's a very expensive $66 billion. Yeah. Dollars. yeah that's, <laughs> that's a lot of cows in that dowry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I mean, does that, do you think, like, one of the first things I think of is, like, how can two huge companies like that, oh. I think of, like, the monopoly type stuff. I mean, they're that's a huge segment of the population for chemical and seed, right? Yeah. I mean, I know Bear does a lot of things besides work in agriculture, but, 
uh, the chemicals, and then the, of course the seed options for Monsanto. That, they're covering a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and it's not just these two companies that have merged. We've seen Dupont, uh, Dow, Dow, and Pioneer. And yeah, Syngenta and the Chinese uh, company. Mm-hmm. So we could go from six, seven companies down to three. So do you think that they'll change their name? Have you heard anything about that? I think I did hear something to the effect of that. You know, the Monsanto name would be dropped. So it's still going to be Bear Crop Science, or yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, Bear is buying Monsanto, not yeah. the other way around. Right, but so it's not like Dow Dupont or yeah. But it, you know, we say this is an engagement. It's not quite a marriage yet because there is some regulatory approval that has mm-hmm. to go on, mm-hmm. and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, if any, conditions are put on those companies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it, how much of an effect this will have on you know our day to day life? I, I don't know, but going forward, you know, there's now there you know, if the, if these are approved, there will be fewer companies. You know, and yeah. How and there may be efficiencies that could occur, but yeah, because I guess with the there'll be fewer products, right? The Dow DuPont, they, they laid off a bunch of people. But you're talking about efficiencies. I don't know if that's what you meant. Well, that's one way. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. But I wonder if that will yeah. happen with this merger. And there will be, you know, probably some sharing of technologies that are proprietary to each company. Yeah. And yep. that may lead to improvements. but Or things coming to market sooner, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe less competition. Mm-hmm. And if that's an issue for you. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm, yeah. not, a, I'm not an economist, but it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And it's something notable, and that's big news in our yeah, world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Keep us well, well. We'll we'll keep reading the papers and reporting back. The one other thing that just came up, you know, I I don't I haven't seen too much about this in the news, but I did see one report that came through that Monsanto has required non-exclusive licensing rights to uh, use the CRISPR technology, which is that uh, gene editing system for inserting new novel traits into organisms and um, this has already been done for a variety of animals and plants and as you can imagine that's going to be a powerful tool for things like you know transforming corn and soybeans and and other crops Uh, Mm -hmm. crispy corn yeah yeah one one (laughs) crispy corn one of the things I've I've heard discussed but not like um, sort of solved is you know, the limitations on using GMO crops in the EU is a reality. And what does it mean that a German company in the EU is buying an American company that has, you know, led the way in this technology? Quite and, a significant yeah. part of their catalog. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. does that end up signing some kind of, is that some kind of signal that there may be an opening to that technology's yeah. use? I hadn't even thought EU? of that. Yeah. With the, with, right? the, with the yes, with the German yep. Hmm. So, but could be but a lot of changes. Coupled that with you know this recent advances in more efficient, effective ways to transform organisms. That's mm-hmm. I think not. I mean, it's, this is not uh, rocket science. There will be more of that in the future. Yeah. And, and there'll be hopefully a lot of us, a lot for us to talk about, and you know, with regards to the most effective, durable, sustainable way to use those technologies. Yeah. So that's it. 
anything else to talk about? That's certainly newsworthy. All those things. Mm. I don't. I don't have anything else to add other than. What, can we say anything about like past activity in? But Iowa? it has been raining so hard. <laughs> it is. Uh, we've been having trouble getting out in the field. Yeah. I, I will say this. I did. We did go out uh, and I helped the students a couple of days um, this week, and I noticed um, beanleaf beetles still active, yeah. and in some areas, some uh, nibbling on pods. You know, yeah. That. Uh, um, I mean, it's too late to do anything about this now, but it was kind of surprising to me that they were still active. And well, that's uh, when I think the second generation is active, is late August and then September. Yeah, this is l- kind of late September, right? Yeah. This is the 20th. Yeah, but they'll live until they die. I mean, they well, li- <laughs> they'll live until you. it freezes, Ladies right? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is why you tune into the Soviet podcast <laughs> insightful commentary like, they live until they die well i i meant until they freeze i think second generation well all i'm saying is um, yeah there's been a a warm spell and yeah you know we're it's, it's extended the 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 time at which this critter is present right and and to what extent that's increasing the risk that the crop is you know going to experience yeah. pest damage i don't know but it was interesting to me that that was still the case in september 20th I'm noticing a lot of mosquitoes and minute pirate bugs. Have you been? Yes. Yeah. Being yeah, a, not yeah. attacked, but noticed them on you. Yeah. And um, I, I, I've been telling students that you know there's going to be about a two-week period in October when the crops are all harvested, it's dry, and those minute pirate bugs, little black and white guys, are just looking for moisture, sucking yeah. on anything, and that's going to be. Mm-hmm. painful until we get a hard frost mm-hmm. so i saw a praying mantis in my yard for the first time this Aww. week yeah it's cute it was pretty aggressive towards me i was just trying to just trying to be a friend i was just checking it out and it was not having it that well it's getting <laughs> but it's getting late in the year They're, those guys those gals probably hungry <laughs> are we good i think we're good okay Thank well, you. Till next time, maybe we can recap some of our favorite ice presentations. Yeah, I like that. Let's do okay. that. Okay. Okay. Right. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.